Welcome to the Hobby School Podcast. Whether you're a seasoned hobbyist or just getting started, Hobby School is the perfect place to learn something new. My name is Dr. Destiny Kopp and I'm your host of the podcast. But before we jump into our episode for today, the only thing I ask is that if you enjoyed the episode, please share with a friend and give us an honest review on your favorite podcast platform. This helps us get out the content to more people. I also want to invite you to get on our wait list for our next Hobby School Online Learning Summit. These are free to attend and you can find the link to join at hobbyschool.com, which is also in our podcast show notes. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. And my special guest today is Karen Creel. Karen is a certified garden coach with over 30 years growing backyard vegetable gardens. And today we're going to be talking about how anyone can grow a backyard vegetable garden. And Karen, thank you so much for joining me. I'm very excited in this topic myself. I've actually dabbled in a backyard vegetable garden that quite frankly didn't go as well as I expected. So I'm sure I did a lot of things wrong. But before we get started in the questions that I have for you today, can you tell the good audience a little bit more about you and how you help people? Uh, yes, my name is Karen Creel. I live uh, in Chickamauga, Georgia. I recently retired last year from 42 years of nursing, but I have always, as for as long as I can remember, I have had a backyard garden. Um, I've had row gardens. In fact, with a friend of mine, we did a um, community-supported agriculture garden where we provided um fresh vegetables to seven different families. And I'll be honest, I'll never do that again. That was a lot of hard work. But in the last few years, I have started um, gardening in raised beds. And that's really what I enjoy the most. You have a lot of control over a raised bed. Uh, so when you were talking about row gardens, and this shows you a little bit more about my ignorance here, I'm thinking of, you know, going out in a farm and there's like these rows and rows and rows of, you know, corn or whatever they're growing. And that seems like a lot of work to me. Well, and actually for the backyard garden, um, it just means, because we didn't have like a, a huge garden, but it requires, you know, bringing in a tiller, ours was small, but you till the garden and then you just have nice, neat rows of vegetables. And one of the things that um, I have found and has been supported you know, in all the literature is tilling is really not good for your garden. It disrupts all of the, I like to call it the garden city underneath your soil. You have bacteria and fungi and worms and beetles and spiders, all the things that we kind of consider yucky, but they're not. They're very important to um, how well our garden does. And that's one of the reasons I have chosen to do raised beds is, you know, once you get your soil, a good soil in there, uh, there's no more tilling. Also, there's lots less weeding because when you do um, a row garden, if you don't um, really like plant, a, plant something in between it or put lots and lots of mulch, you spend most of your time weeding, especially like the way it is now here. 
for July where I live, we it's raining right now and we have just had rain after rain. And so it's almost impossible to keep up with the weeding. So the raised bed gardens eliminate that. It also allows you to plant closer. You, um, I do what's called intensive planting. It's kind of a square foot garden method where um, just about every space in that bed is covered. That cuts down on weeds. Um, also, it, it keeps the soil covered, uh, keeps the soil moist, there's less watering. So that's why when, um, you know, when I talk about um, anybody can grow a backyard garden, you really can. You don't have to have a lot of space. And one of the things that I promote is just a few simple steps to uh, grow your garden. Like, you know, I retired last September and that, but that doesn't mean when you retire, you're not busy. Um, I have, you know, started my business and also um, I teach uh, gardening classes. I teach a couple of nonprofits um, gardening classes once a month. So I don't, you know, I don't want to spend all my time in my garden. And a lot of families have young children, they're working, and they can't put a lot of time in their garden. So my philosophy is, you want to enjoy your garden. I think it's to me, you know, I I kind of um, count it as a Zen moment. It's my meditation time sometimes when I go in my garden because because I'm not thinking of anything else. But, you know, you, you want it to be fun. You want it to be relaxing. You don't want it to become a chore. So uh, what I teach in my gardening classes is, like I said, just a few simple steps. And those steps will um, help keep weeds down. They'll have you start out with healthy plants of course, I grow organically, so that is another way to um, uh, have a healthy garden. And when you have a healthy garden, you don't have a lot of pests. You have, you know, good plants that produce good vegetables. And then my other philosophy is I don't use a lot of fertilizer. Um, I find that you don't need it if you start out with a good, healthy garden. And uh, the other thing I also do, and I really started this last year, it's not been a practice that I've done for a long time, but I do a lot of companion planting, uh, plant lots of flowers for the pollinators, lots of herbs and flowers to attract beneficial insects. That way you have nature doing your pest control for you. So you're not out there fighting bugs on your garden if you will, um, you know, just apply a few simple steps. Well, you definitely have sold me on that of doing a raised bed. I think when I had tried this before, I, it was it definitely wasn't a raised bed. I didn't even know anything about them. So let me ask you this. Um, let's assume you can use me as your guinea pig here because I don't know anything about this. Assume that I do want to get started. What are the steps or what, what do I need to do next? I want to, you know, grow some vegetables, um, you know, and you can tell us what would be the perfect kind to grow in something like this, uh, grow some vegetables and just, you know, really dip my toes into a raised bed garden. Where would I start and what are the steps to go through that? One of the first things, uh, I also design raised bed gardens. So, um, one of the things I, I tell people, I just recently designed one for a nonprofit. And, you know, their purpose 
was not to feed their whole residence at that. It's a, a alcohol and drug rehabilitation. So their goal was not to provide all of the food for that. And that's one of the things I encourage them because when you are first starting out, and I would tell you, Destiny, to start small, to start small, but dream big, because if you do too much, if you go out there with the vision that you're going to feed a family of four, that you're going to can, you're going to you know, be able to feed your uh, family all winter, you're, you're going to be disappointed. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to start small. There's many ways you can create a raised bed. My beds are made out of um, treated lumber. But there are steel beds that you can make. You, I, at one of the um, nonprofits that I do a, a weekly garden class, it's a community garden, and theirs are actually made out of cinder blocks, just cement cement blocks. So you can build it out of anything that you want. I wouldn't, you know, I, I, people um, build them out of pallets. I wouldn't grow them. Um, make them out of like the old um, railroad ties that you still see on the side of the road because those are treated with some pretty ugly chemicals. So, you know, I wouldn't do that, but generally you can make a raised bed. You can have pretty brick raised beds. So my recommendation is you don't wanna make your beds for me any longer than six feet. Anything after six feet, especially if you're using boards, they may have a tendency, the weight of the soil to make them bow out. Plus, I just think they look nice and they're more manageable. My beds are all four by six, which they're four foot wide and they're six foot long. You wanna limit the width to four foot wide because as you know, your arms can only stretch about two feet. So you don't want to have to climb into your bed to work. This way you can, you know, reach two feet all around. And then my other recommendation is you want to make it um, anywhere from 18 inches to two foot high. Mine are 18 inches right now. And the reason for that is if you're going to grow herbs or you're going to just grow like maybe a spring or fall garden that has um, lettuce and spinach and things like that in it, you don't need a, a deep bed. But all of your summer vegetables, your tomatoes, your eggplants, your peppers, all of those things need a good deep root system. So don't make it wider than four foot wide. Have it about 18 inches to two foot. Um, you need to have a good soil. One of the things I purchase in mine is one of my local nurseries has something called a planter's mix, which is a mix of topsoil and some compost. Um, you, If you don't want, you know, if your area doesn't have like a planter's mix, one of the things that you can do is you can create your own. You can go and you can get a topsoil, compost, and then you want to add some sand. And I usually do that. I tell my clients to do a third of topsoil, a third of sand. And it's not the sand like you get to make the play boxes for your kids. It's called a builder's sand and it's much more coarse. And then the third thing you want to do is a compost. And of course, um, you're going to have some space left over, but that's where I 
add things like when I plant, like I may put um, worm compost in the hole or something like that. But you can make your own mix. Um, when you do the topsoil and the compost in the sand, you have a good draining uh, soil and that's exactly what you want. Um, the other thing is with a four by six bed, you have um, four times six. This is how you figure it. Four times six is 24. So if you divide that into squares, you have 24 squares to plant in. You can have all the spinach and lettuce and um, carrots, all the small things for a spring garden for your whole family. That's plenty of room. You want to add a second bed, most likely, for your summer vegetables because you still have those same 24 squares to plant in, but a tomato takes like two of those squares or sometimes almost three of those squares. A big squash plant uh, put in the front of your garden is going to take about three of those squares because they get so big, and then you'll allow those to trail over. One of the things I did this year is between my two beds, I added a, um, an arch. Um, and then that arch has netting over it. And I grew my uh, cucumbers up the arch. So you can really increase your garden space by adding trellises. Um, in one of my garden beds, when I grow sugar snap peas, I have a trellis and they grow up that, and that gives me plenty of room in the front and plenty of room in the back to plant something else. And then the other thing that I recommend for a successful garden is to add flowers and herbs to your garden. Um, my garden had um, zinnias in one corner this year, and it drew in the pollinators, and the pollinators went to my cucumber and squash flowers and pollinated it. Uh, for something like tomatoes, I added basil because basil um, will make your tomatoes taste better and they also ward off some uh, tomato hornworms. The other thing I did is I planted a kind of a little known herb. Um, not everyone grows it. When you think of herbs, you think of oregano and marjoram and chives and that sort of thing, but it's called borage, B-O-R-A-G-E has beautiful blue flowers, but it is a great companion plant for tomatoes because it does repel uh, tomato uh, hornworms. And I'll be honest, I saw one hornworm this year, that's it, and I picked it off and it was gone. And that's one of the things that I encourage people, when you're garden organically, you're gonna have some you're going to have a little bit of a loss. You're going to have a few leaves with holes in them. You know, when you see this perfect fruit in the um, grocery store, it's, you know, it's all been sprayed. They've kept every bug away from it. But when you spray to keep the bad bugs away, you kill the good bugs too. It's indiscriminatory. It doesn't know the difference. So if you plant things to bring in bad bugs, like I did this year, um, those bad bugs will fight your battle for you. And I started that practice really in earnest last year. And I have the only thing that I have had in my garden this year, and it's again, almost inevitable, is um, some squash bugs. And that's really about all that I've seen this year. 
Well, all of that just sounds super simple to me. Getting the lumber, getting the planters mix and even kind of doing it on your own if you want and then you know kind of figuring out what vegetables or, or you know herbs and stuff that you're going to plant how, and that's that's another question I have is how do you figure out what to plant in your raised bed <coughs> I have I have a blog and I've I can't think exactly what, what the blog post is, but also I, um, I have an online garden course. And one of the things that I include in that is a um, plant size chart. So for example, if I have a um, six foot long bed, if I have a six foot long bed and I'm gonna put tomatoes in that, I'm going to put a tomato at the back of that bed and it's going to take up three of those square feet. So I know that my big plants, my tomatoes, my peppers, all of those things are going to go at the north end of my bed. Anything tall, any trellis, they are placed at the north end of your bed because anything behind it will be shipped, will be um blocked from the sun. So I put my tomatoes at the north end of that bed. I put two tomato plants and then I start looking what can I put in front of that bed. So then I start looking at okay what are the medium-sized plants and some of the medium-sized plants in the summer may be um, a little banana pepper. So a banana pepper I have 12 squares so I can put Three banana peppers, those are gonna go in it. Okay, I need something short now to go in front of those uh, plants. So what can I plant that's short? Well, you don't think of a squash plant as short, but it really is, it's, it's, it's wide. So you could put two squash plants in front of it. So at the back, you have tomatoes, the tall plants. In the middle, you have I could also have some basil there to go with my tomatoes. And you wanna put something shorter. And in this list of plants, when I give you the plant heights, I give them as large, medium, and small. Other small things are things like, now these are summer vegetables. So remember, I live in the hot south. So in the summer, I'm, I can't put little lettuce leaves, which are very small, because it's too hot for those. Those are cool season. But I can put things like the little green onions that, uh, you know, we love to pick and just eat them while they're small. Um, I can I can pop some um, uh, flowers in there. Um, in one corner, I may have some chives. So that's how you plan your garden. And I do, again, on one of my um, uh, one of my blog posts. I do a garden plan and that's the one of the things my business actually does is I say what what kind of what, what do you want to plan in your garden and then I plan the, the bed for you and that's one of the things I do with my one-on-one -on -one coaching is and also in my local gardening classes we have a class in February or maybe March where we actually draw out our plan on graph paper and we say, okay, we, we're gonna, we want lettuce here. So this is, this is a spring garden. So all of that lettuce will go in the front. 
And my big plant for that bed in the spring would be my sugar snap peas on the trellis. And that trellis would be at the north end of that bed. So I guess that's how you do it. You stack them, you start with the tallest, you move down to middle, then you move down to small. The other thing that I do, and I do this in my garden, is what's called succession planning. When I planted my first squash plant in May, I actually purchased two plants. So after that got started good and it started to flower, in another one of my beds, I planted um, uh, two, two hills, you know, you plant squash in hills, two hills of squash. So now that my first squash plant has given me all the squash it's going to give me, it's beginning to look a little rough after the hot weather, my second squash plant now is producing. So that's how you keep a succession of plants. So I always encourage everyone to have at least two beds. Um, that way you can, you know, you may not have much growing in one bed or you may just have, you know, some, some plants, but it gives you an opportunity when you take out that lettuce from the spring because now it's bolted, the weather's gotten hot. You take your lettuce out, you amend it with some compost and you do your second planting of either cucumbers or squash or I'm always poking in little green onions because we, you know, we really like those. I also encourage people when they decide they're going to plant a tomato to go to the nursery and look at the tags on the plant and, and notice that one of those tomato plants may not give you any tomatoes for 90 days. That's a long time to wait on a you know, tomato plant. But little salad tomatoes will give you tomatoes in 60 days. So I've been eating salad tomatoes for quite a while before my I, um, I think I, I planted a, an heirloom called Mortgage Lifter that takes forever to give you tomatoes. So that way I wasn't waiting on tomatoes for a long time. So I encourage people to plant things that come in, I guess the word would be, come in at different times. Also, I don't plant all of my lettuce at one time. I plant a couple of squares. I can put 20 lettuce seeds in one square foot. So I'll plant 20 lettuce seeds in two of those squares and I'll leave one of them, I'll leave two squares blank. And then in about 10 days, I go back and plant. That way you, you know, you don't have to try to eat salads every single day and then give salad away. You have a continuous crop of salad. You know, and that's such a great tip and one that I've never even thought about. <laughs> it's that way, you know, you don't have, you know, how the, all the jokes about zucchini have people yeah. run when they see this way, you don't have a glut of things just like that. I don't do zucchini, but I do yellow squash. So this way I'm, I'm through with one plant, but my other is just starting. I, in fact, I went out there today and they'll probably be ready in a couple of days. So I really didn't have a long waiting period between that time. Well, Karen, can you tell people where they can find you and a little bit more about, I know you have a course that they can learn more about it. And you also do some one-on-one -on -one services. Yes, that's one, probably one of the things I enjoy the most. I'm currently working at a, with a client and this is a little new to me, but she wants to, um, she wants to take all of the grass out of her backyard 
and she wants to do um, kind of like a food garden back there. She wants vegetables and fruit trees and all of those things. So what we're doing, she's local. So we are, we are working 101, have a coaching package. So I provide one-on-one -on -one services. And, you know, that, that coaching package, um, you know, she chose three, but sometimes it's just, you know, one time. And if you're out of uh, locally where we can't meet uh, personally, I do have an option that we can do a virtual consult. I think it's 30 minutes for like $25. You can do a lot. Uh, you just, before um, you schedule your meeting on my calendar, I'll send you um, an email and say, what would you like to get out of this consult? What do you want to talk about? Um, and I've done lots of those and people just come with their questions and we knock it out in 30 minutes. Uh, the other thing I do, like I said, the one-on-one, -on -one, um, I also um, do garden plans where I, um, I, I get your dimensions. Uh, we look at where, you know, the sun is located and I draw up those beds for you. Um, the other thing I do is garden plans. You say, Karen, I want to do a summer garden. These are the vegetables I like. You tell me how many to plant and where to plant them. Um, but I was unable, you know, I do a lot of local gardening classes, but I really did want to reach a, a larger audience. So that's when I developed my online gardening course. It is for beginners. I guess you would say that's my niche. I do work a lot with beginning gardeners. And um I launched that last January and um, it will be relaunched again in 23 and I'm adding lots of new stuff to it. Um, I'm very proud of it. I think it's not, you know, it's kind of a, a start from scratch, nut to bolts. It's not a lot of fluff in there, um, but it will get you started and help you grow throughout the gardening season. The other thing with that is I do offer with that course, which is unique for me, I mean, unique for any course that I know of, you get a free 30-minute video conference from me anytime during the year or the next year, whenever you want to do it, and bring with me any problems you're having. I have a, um, you can find all of that on my website. It's called Garden Chick, www.gardenchick, G-A-R-D-E-N-C-H-I-C-K.com. And on the sidebar, you can click on my, um, you can click on the online course. And I think there is a um, coupon there so that you can, I think you get about $50 off of that. I haven't looked at it for a while. Um, and then if you want to look at any of my other garden services, there's a tab on my website that will say um, services. Again, I'm not looking at it. I, can't, I almost forget. And it will take you to my, um, it will take you to my calendar page. Uh, the other thing, that website is a blog. Um, I do try to post on there monthly, and I'm really trying to increase my posting on there. Um, I encourage everyone to sign up for my newsletter. You do that right on my website. When you sign up for the web, um, excuse me, when you sign up for my newsletter, you get uh, my free 
15-page ebook on um, inviting beneficial insects into the garden. And that will give you lots of ideas for starting, um, starting to use companion planting and flowers to attract beneficial insects. Um, I have a private Facebook group. Um, I have like 250 people in there and I post in it about twice a week. And then there's several people in there that I know there's, I'm zone seven in Georgia, but there's a, uh, a girl uh, who is in California and she often pops in to give advice, especially for people who are in a, you know, one of those zones where they can garden year round. I have a friend who owns an herb farm. She actually grows her own herbs. So anytime I, people ask about herbs, you know, we're quick to um, tag Pat to answer those. But it's just, it's um, the Facebook group is called Growing, G-R-O-W-I-N-G with Garden Chick. So you can just go on facebook.com and it would be backslash groups and then backslash growing with garden chick we'd love to see you there we have you know lots of interaction you can post anything you want to there ask a question um i generally check it once a day but on my phone i kind of have a notification that says somebody has posted and i do try to get your question answered that day so i have all those things i'd love to i'd love to hear from people i love gardening and i I love to share it. My, my goal is to get everyone to grow at least, you know, a small part of their um, vegetables. I have four beds, so, you know, I don't grow a whole lot. I don't can. I don't put it up. I pretty much just um, grow seasonally and eat what is in my garden. And then when it's gone, it's gone. Well, Karen, thank you for all of your tips today. And I know you gave us a lot of information there at the end with the website links and, and so on, but I will make sure that all of those links are in the show notes. So anybody who's listening, they don't have to remember to write down that. Thank you. <laughs> they can just go to the podcast show notes or the you know, podcast webpage and click on that and they can find you. But thank you yes. so much for sharing all of your wonderful knowledge with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. As you can see, I like to talk about gardening. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to listen. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to sign up for the wait list so you'll be the first to know when our next free hobby school online learning summit launches. The link is in the show notes for this episode, or you can go to hobbyschool.com and that's hobby school with school without an H in it. Talk soon.